Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rodcast. Uh, so great to be chatting with you, Pastor Rod, and this is a pretty exciting episode. Um, we're going to be talking about church planting, and one of the main reasons I'm wanting to do this episode is because my wife and I are in the process of moving to Bangkok. Yeah, we're currently living in Tokyo and love loving loving Japan, but got an exciting future in Bangkok where we're going to be. Uh, planning Lifehouse um, Bangkok in the future. So really excited about that. So we want to just chat about church planning, Pastor Rod, and I know that I'll most likely re-listen to this episode a few times, <laughs> try and get as much as I can and learn as much as I can. So first big question is um, why? Why should we be planning new churches? <clears throat> uh, well, God calls us to to go. <laughs> you know, yeah. the the whole concept of being sent um, is something I think on every believer's heart. The Holy Holy Spirit is ascending Holy Spirit. He sends us into our community, mm. um, and then He sends us into our cities and into the world. And early on in the book of Acts, Jesus uh, was said to His disciples, you know, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to go, and you're going to be working in the church life in Jerusalem, mm. uh, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And that was they were in Jerusalem. Or maybe in Galilee, when Jesus said that, probably in Jerusalem. And so Jesus is saying, "Where you where you are right now, um, be successful mm. in sharing good news. Be successful in helping build people's lives and community of the church, and and people loving their lives in in Christ. Now build build it here, and then look to the next suburb or the next area, which is Judea, and then look to the next area, which is Samaria, which is a different culture, and then look to the world. And so the concept of concentric circles outwards is a, a Jesus concept. Um, so that's why we do it. We do it because it's Jesus said to go. Um, in fact, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, all five, um, there is ascending. Mm. And and Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you, and you're going to be sent. So the concept of uh, New Testament churches mm. is is build and send. And I just love that because we're part of a mission, uh, yeah. the mission of, of Jesus Christ in the world. That's so good. And yeah, um, just would love to, before we dive into more of different uh, truths about church planning, just would love to hear about your experience. Um, maybe let us know where where all have you been a part of planting churches, maybe on the ground and also helping teams plant churches. Yeah. Well, Viv and I have been pastors for I'd be almost 40 years. I've been saved 45 years. Um, and we've always been involved in the local church since our salvation. We've always been involved in small groups. We've always been involved in local church. I believe in the local church. Parachurch mm. needs to help the local church because the local church is the one that is staked into the ground. Mm. And we've always been part of great churches, growing churches. And then there was times where we planted. Um, the first churches I helped plant were in the Philippines in the southern Philippines, and we can talk about that if we wanted to. It's similar to our time in Thailand. Mm. And then we helped plant a church in Australia, um, and then we were missionaries in Thailand for four years, and we planted village churches and went back to Australia, took over a church. We didn't plant that church. That church grew, and then we planted here in Japan 21 years ago, mm. and now we have, uh, let's say, 15 campuses and more online communities and and whatever. So it's a very extensive, you know, all my adult years have really most mostly been in church planting or pastoring. And um, 
And here we are again with you guys going to Bangkok. We're still going at my age. So I really believe in it. I, I believe it is a something the Holy Spirit is doing fresh and alive today. Mm, that's so awesome. And So let's maybe just focus then on, uh, first of all, just Tokyo, because I think that's it's currently where you're living, and you, this was being this was kind of the birth of Lifehouse and the movement. And so, what were some of the initial steps um, leading up to planting in Tokyo, and some of the key components that are, that are needed to plant a church? Well, you've got to know you're called to a city uh, or a place. Um, I, I think this is really important. People need to pray and get settled, and if you're married with your partner, to be in unity. Very, very big part of church planting is the unity of the the couple or the team. Mm. And so we we came to Japan, Viv and I, our two little boys, and we had a team of 10 young Australians who gave us a one-year gap year. Mm. And that was absolutely significant in our success. Mm. Viv and I had passed it already a lot of years in Australia and Thailand, but nothing would have been more successful than what we did with that young team. It was so successful. It was, it was a game changer. It was, but we sort of knew it would be after being in other church planting situations. We knew we had to have a team. Mm. So when we came, we came with a team of young Australians for one year. I just said that they got a one year visa. And um, in that one year, um, they all uh met young Japanese, they all shared the good news with young Japanese and some saw young Japanese saved or mm. given their lives to Jesus. It was a very exciting year. It was a very difficult year. Um, but without the team, we would not have lasted. I, I just need to be clear about that because um, one of the questions coming up in church planning is what do you need? And uh, I, um, I'm, I'm going to sort of, I guess, go there right now. I think you need, well, apart from a call from God, you need three things. You need the key couple or single, you need a key team, and you need key finance. Mm. And I think you need all three. So this is the one on the team I'm talking about right now. Mm. Um, you need a team to go out on your own and start, especially in an unreached area like Japan, is just difficult. And I don't usually like using that word, <laughs> but it's true. Without the team, it's really hard. Mm. With a team, it becomes um, more fun and viable, and, and friendships are made, and and just and and it's just it's just a lot better. So mm. um, that's what we did well. But all of those ten, um, although they loved Jesus, none of them had been a leader in their local church in Australia. So we mm. had ten young, amazing people that were put straight into leadership because I said, <laughs> "Okay, you're leading this, and you're leading this, and when mm. we do that, you're leading this." And over the year, there was different leadership formed in them, and. Uh, many when they went back to Australia uh, were actually in leadership in some area of their local church. So it was what I call a win-win of uh, church-based missions mm. um, sent from a local church, sent back to the local church with, with um, you know, cream on the top, you know, with yeah. with something added. Um, mm. So so in that year they they became leaders and they 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 held leadership values. Mm. And as a result, when they left, we had more Australians come and take their place, but we had a, a basic foundation. Mm. We had a basic foundation with a number of Japanese now growing in Christ, uh, maybe not so much in leadership. I think we had a couple in leadership, but growing in Christ. Mm. And when the new group came in, it was just continuity because yeah. we had Japanese mm. in the church. 
after that one year, which I think is really, you know, the, the concept that first year of hanging on and then actually flourishing yeah. um, in one year was very difficult, but we did it. So that's what we did well. We did yeah. that really, really well. Sure. And I'll yeah. do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So let's just talk a little bit more about the the teams, uh, team dynamics. Like, well, how did you, what all did you do in order to uh, keep that vision, that culture kind of leading and developing the team and keeping the unity of that team? What were some of the things that you did? Really important question um, because other missionaries have said to me, our oh, teams don't work. And I said, well, our team did. So mm. I think what did we do? Well, a lot of them were from my friends' churches in Australia. So there was a commonality of doctrine, Bible mm. understanding, a commonality of mission. We're here to see Japanese one and growing. A commonality of music style, commonality of um, style of small group style of services. We had to make our own outreach. Um, we had to make it up. But the rest of the was, was pretty well intact. And therefore, mm. young people arriving with that leadership, but love the Lord, love the Bible, and with a common mm. local church concept, I just said to them, you've got to come on mission. And to come on yeah. mission means that this is the way it's going to be with this and this and this, and this, but you're going to help me discover how to do this and this and this and this. And that was a very mm. exciting thing for these young mm. Australians to think they could be part of the identification of mission strategy. That, that they were part of the mission and now they're straight away, um, you know, engaged in understanding yeah. Japanese, understand the mission field, the lovely Japanese and eating the food and going. So there was a missions excitement. Mm. And I think that's why we always had unity for the one year they were there. Then other teams came. We always had unity mm. because we brought it back to there's these areas of commonality and then this area of discovery and engagement that you're going to do. And I think that if you read leadership books, that probably would be similar Mm. with any great team in the world, like bringing in your own skills and passion and mission, and then we're going to discover how to win together. Mm. And so the team had the great experience of bringing in ideas. Some worked, some didn't work. Some Mm. of my ideas did not work. Um, Even to this day, people come in with ideas and I'm thinking, hmm, We'll give it a go, and it works. You know, like I'm yeah. not the I'm not the brains of the organization. I'm the collaborative leader mm. who can bring in the the strands of ideas and thoughts mm. and say, "Look, we're going to do it this way and try that." And but the team brought in a lot of the ideas on evangelism, wow. on reaching people, mm. on how to make small groups work um, in Japan, um, ideas on bilingual uh, services, a lo- lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Um, we won't go. I mean, we could go into some of those, but the the point is, mm. they were were empowered mm. to be part of a united unified team. Now, some other missionaries I spoke to, I said, "Well, why didn't your team work?" And they were talking about differences of opinion, difference of music style, difference of some theology. And I'm thinking, well, I can understand if you're dealing with internals, mm. it's very hard to get your your mission team focused on externals. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. If the team is always working on us, mm. it's hard to go out and what Jesus said to go out and look at the fields and see them and engage mm. them yeah. and eat with them. Very hard to be outward if we're working on the inward. 
So that's what we did well. We really had a unified team and every young person that came in year after year, um, you know, some are stronger and weaker in leadership, but, mm. but everyone came with a mission to yeah. be part of something happening in Japan mm. and we can be part of it for this year. Mm. That's awesome. So sounds like key uh, teams are really key um, to for the success of a great church plant. And um, just really, it sounds like there was that unity and agreement. I love that you're talking about this concept of inwardly, there's that unity, the agreement, and now we can focus outwardly and we can try different things. We can have discussions and grow together. So that's awesome. And one of the other keys you mentioned, so it was a key couple or single person key uh, team, key f- uh, finances. So let's focus on the key couple or the key person. Like, how did you and Pastor Viv know that you were the key couple? <laughs> how did you come to that place? Um, when we came to Japan, we were already seasoned pastors and seasoned uh, pastors in other countries. Mm. Um, we knew a lot of things that worked and some things that didn't work. And so when we felt the calling of God to Japan, we knew that we had to spy out the land Mm. as a couple. We knew we had to be in agreement and we knew we had to have a safe place for our kids, like Mm. schooling or housing and stuff like that, that we had to be safe. Cause I was 42 at that time. I, I wasn't a young, younger person. I was, you know, in the forties and Viv was a bit younger, um, late thirties. And, um, we had to be in unity. We had to see what God was doing. But the key to our calling was a vision we called the wave vision or the tsunami mm. vision. And we were pastoring in a beautiful city in Australia called Toowoomba, 2001. Church was flourishing. Great church, great mm. people, great city. Mm. Viv had this, this vision uh, in a prayer meeting of a big wave just came out and it, it was, it was going to drench her. And the vision was scary but she knew it was from God and she called out to God, what is it? And God in the wave spoke to her heart. Mm. She didn't hear it audibly, but spoke to her heart saying, this is me. I'm in this mm. and it's coming soon. And, and the wave drenched her in the vision and she was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with joy and mm. vision. Mm. And it was impacting. It was a really impacting vision. So it, it was something we needed to talk about, you know, what mm-hmm. was the vision and, we didn't have much sense except that the word tsunami was a Japanese word, the, the mm. wave, wave, word wave. And um, so we started thinking, well, Japan, let's, let's go on a holiday. Mm. And um, so we, we came to Japan on a spy out the land, mm. spying out the land concept. And I would say to most people, I feel that's really important. Yeah. Uh, when you and uh, Catherine were thinking about Thailand, I said, you've got to go. Mm. You've got to see it. I think you'd already been there, but I said, you've got to see it with new eyes yeah. and new thoughts. Uh, look at the people with the view now of being a pastor there, reaching mm. out like, like new eyes. Um, it's not going to be like a holiday now. You know, if you go to yeah. Thailand for holiday, you're at the beach and yeah. e- eating curry every day, green curry. <laughs> <laughs> um, going to live there and then maybe to have a family there in the future is a different deal. Yeah, go there with those eyes. So Viv and I came to Japan because we've been to other countries. We came here with those eyes. Mm. Uh, yeah, we could live here. Yeah, we love the people. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, there's no gospel being preached here or very little. Yeah, we could do something. If God's calling us here, mm. we could do this. Yeah. And so from that, we started to pray into it more and pray and felt, yeah, this is, this is, this is what God wants us to do. So we. Mm. 
got around all our friends in Australia, pastor friends, and said, please help us get there financially and help mm-hmm. us with finance in the first year. Um, we were able to get some money together to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew it would be tough. We knew, like, Japan's expensive. We knew it was going to be hard financially. But, you know, we said in the end, our church in Toowoomba is going well and we can pass it over to an amazing young pastor couple that mm-hmm. just up the road, like, were really like I was mentoring him. Mm. Um, so the church was not going to struggle in Toowoomba mm. and we could do this. And, yeah. and, and we had the thought, and I'll just be honest here, we had the thought, you know, at, even at our age, if it doesn't work, we'll be okay. Like yeah. we'll just trust God for the next thing, but we believed it would work. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important um, to, to know that you, you stop putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Like God, God's bigger than your basket. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we also didn't want to go if God had not called us. Yeah. So there's a, there's a balance of thoughts here. Mm. Um, and, and so we had to come all those things about the couple or the single. We also put a couple of single people in as pastors, but it's in our movement that yeah. they're actually under authority or under mm. oversight that we're always with them and, Mm. helping them talk about, you know, uh, life and issues, whatever. Mm. And I think that's also been a strength of our campuses Yeah, is that we didn't want to start a denomination. We wanted to start a family of churches mm. Come on, where we could be in communication. They've got different contexts. I'm listening to that, but I'm also talking into, and Viv's talking into the pastor's wives as well. And mm. so we were just a great team yeah. of raising up, pastors and wives. So we put out single people as well who are now uh, almost all married. I think we have one still unmarried. I'm trying to think, but we will do that again. Mm. Um, You know, some people say they've got to be married. Well, um, you know, there's some of the, some of the early church people weren't married. Um, Mm. They did great things for God. We don't think. Um, So that's not a model. Mm. What is a model is being called and sent. Yeah. Um, and let me say also, I really believe that when we came here, we were under the authority of the Australian Assemblies of God, now called Australian Christian Churches. Mm. We were under authority of a couple of incredible friends who we still are close friends with to this day. Mm. We came to Tokyo and I linked with two or actually three key pastors doing a great job in Tokyo. We're still friends with them to this day. Mm. So the concept of kingdom relationships, we're not here alone. Yeah, was very important, and then being part of a movement. Sure. So I think the ones who struggle are those who are more alone, mm. more don't know what to do. Uh, we did. We knew what to do, mm. and we were not alone, and we had a team. Yeah. So I think we did a lot of things right. Sure, that's amazing. Um, and just yeah, I think I, I love I, I love that idea of we we going but we we're being sent and and i think that for me and my me and my wife catherine we just feel such such a great privilege to be a part of lifehouse and we've been yeah seven years now Uh, it's been a journey of seven years of growing and learning and we just feel like um i think that there's a confidence in us because we're part of something like this we're part of a great family part of a great church um, mm. And being sent and encouraged, and so I think it's there, there's that sense of security and confidence as you yeah. go and, and being sent. So, just wanted to just talk a little bit more about um, you and Pastor Viv and the team, and 
while you were still back in Australia, how did you prepare um, both spiritually and physically for um, coming to Japan? Did you read a lot of books about Japan and understand the culture and the language? And what was part of your preparation for coming? Well, the answer to all that is yes, we read a lot and and researched a lot. Um, But we also felt when we came here, even on the the two weeks spying out the land and then arriving here, we realized a lot of things in culture had shifted. Mm. For example, even things like... um, you know the old, uh, you know, tourist tourism books and mm. and then mission books. We felt they were written for a previous generation, mm. um, so we did not want to be trapped by a culture such as Japan that that's in shift. Mm. And most of the cultures in in Asia are in in huge shift. You're going to Thailand, which is in shift, mm. and it's part of God's moving. Is when things are shifting, people are asking more questions. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the things we read about Japan were not correct for the younger generation. For example, they said young Japanese or Japanese will never make a decision by themselves. This is from mission books. Um, You've got to get the whole family to make a decision. Well, we felt that was um, the the young generation were not linked to their parents in that way. Mm. They love their parents, but not linked in that way that 85% of Japanese had no religion, had no ideology, Mm. had no philosophy of religion or that, that we were dealing with a young generation that were had no knowledge of anything. Um, so we found that reading books on Buddhism, for example, was irrelevant except for maybe, let's say, five lessons, like the, the basics. Mm. Because in Japan, Buddhism is not a unified structure. It's a, a series of hundreds of years of teachers or senseis mm. who would teach one element of Buddhism. And it would would show in this and this and this. And so there's no unified Buddhist movement, but it's a series of ideas linked by a a few things. And and we had to realize that early because, you know, if you start talking about Buddhism to people who don't understand that type of Buddhism, Mm. you're miscommunicating. So we had to learn some of those books were not not relevant. Um, Some books... um, uh, used old language. Um, yeah. So we, we got here and we went to the, the, the one of the few Christian bookshops we knew mm. and we looked for the discipleship section mm. and there was only a few books there and they were written in the 1950s mm. and they were very complex and yeah. we were working with people that had no knowledge of God. So I guess if you're discipling really knowledgeable young people, those, those Bible studies would have been useful. Mm. But our target, and we had no one in that category. We were reaching people who had no knowledge of Christ. Mm. So we had to make our own studies. And the point mm. I'm saying here is that we even had to discover that the the, the language had shifted, mm. that just like English, um, there needs to be new translations of the Bible every you know, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever you want to choose. Mm. Um, Japanese was also a shifting language yeah. and needed to have more updates on certain words and phrases and the kanji, the, the, the Chinese written characters, everything mm. had shifted. So basically we got to the point of thinking, well, a lot of the things we read are not right for this new generation. Mm. And it was almost like we could write a book actually on young Japanese thinking. Yeah. And I think it could have been a bestseller in the secular world because these were the things that the secular world was also finding out. Yeah. For example, both Coca-Cola and Nike 
when they were doing um, research on flavors in Japan, went straight to the streets of Shibuya, the, the big crossing here where 2 million people walk across a, co- a crossing every day. Hmm. And um, you can just stop people and say, can you t- taste this or what do you think of these shoes? Mm. And they discovered that the young Japanese gave an honest response. Mm. So the books were saying something like, yeah, Japanese won't tell you what they really think if they don't think you'll like the answer. But they found on the streets of Tokyo or Osaka, young people gave a very honest appraisal. Mm. I like it. I don't like it. I'm not sure. Like like it was actually really good market research. Yeah. Well, that's a a shift in the psyche for Mm. a new generation in Japan that they were also very honest about preferences. Mm. So we have to learn some books were for previous generations. We're not saying they're not true. We're just saying for the generation we're called to reach, we need new literature. And there wasn't much. So we had to be the the ones who found out. And my team were amazing at that, asking people questions. Mm. For example, um, we were told that um, Japanese didn't believe in God and maybe they don't think God would be good. So we tested that on the streets. Do you believe in God? They say, I don't know. Mm. And so our second question was ready. If there was a God, would he be good or bad? And, and the majority answer was he would be good. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Wow. We only found that by being on the streets. And I've, I know other groups have done a similar study mm. and found a very similar response. Mm. Um, it, it, so this is the new generation shift. So we, we couldn't be stuck to what traditional sociology books on Japan were saying we had to discover new sociology for a new yeah. generation. And I think when you go to Thailand, we've had this discussion that we're not discarding previous literature, but the, the young Thais who you're trying to reach will have a new mindset. And I know Thailand's been through massive changes yeah. uh, since we were there 30 years ago. Mm. Sure. That's awesome. So, yeah, it sounds like you a lot of your research was done on the streets, meeting people and, and really kind of listening to people, like um, hearing what they have to say. And I think that's a, a great way because I think sometimes you come with this, I'm going on mission, I'm ready to talk to people and tell them, but actually we need to be listening as well, like listening and really yeah. hearing and understanding. So, yeah, I, I love what Jesus says in, in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, the sending out of the 72 in Luke chapter 10, because he sends them out with authority. He's sent them. He's, he's called them. He sends them. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We've been talking about that a lot, about we pray, the prayer is for the workers, not for the harvest. There's mm. The harvest in Thailand and Japan is there and they're open. Yeah. The problem is workers. Okay. But then Jesus says, when you go, look for house, men of peace. And then he says, eat and drink. And I think a lot of, of mission work is eating and drinking and talking and listening. Mm. Early on, that just what you said, Adrian, listening, asking questions, and then actually listening, and then praying for people, praying for the sick, praying for those injured, wounded, and... Um, it goes on. So, so the concept of evangelism in these cultures is truly discovery. Mm. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this concept and a lot of people are excited mm. and a lot of people don't like it. And I, I, I say to them, well, I think a lot of mission evangelism work is about discovery. Mm. 
and, and discovering in Europe or even you know America uh, wherever Australia what it, what is the issues here what 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 do people want um, for example I, I was reading a couple of years ago now before COVID but I'm sure it's the same the number one when people are asking questions about life mm. there's the, always the question the word the word search is the word hope mm. it's always involved um, so I think that's a big part of our message is is speaking hope and future. Mm. God is good; He can help you. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did in Japan. Also, we just didn't yeah. think, to, didn't listen to anything. We just spoke hope and life mm. into Come people. On. Awesome. So, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit of the process. So, did you like land in Tokyo? Uh, send out a big uh, announcement you're starting church and then have a church service on sunday and a whole bunch of people came like how did it work <laughs> no no we started small groups first mm. um and all my 10 young aussies were in a, a few small groups let's say um three mm. and so we started very small groups and they all were supposed to get we were doing studies every week in basic english and then translating them to basic Japanese with, you know, Gideon Bibles were free. So we, we, we gave out those Bibles. Thank you, Gideons. Mm. Uh, we need more. Um, and, um, and so we did basic Bible studies mm. um, around, you know, who is Jesus or what yeah. is purpose in life and then who is Jesus. And so small groups and we had them outside universities or in mm. Starbucks or in a coffee shop or on the grass at a university or on the streets if we could – have a, a meeting place. Mm. So we did that for three and a half months before we had a service. Mm. Okay. And on Sundays, we visited my friend's church, Pastor Talo from New Hope, Tokyo. Mm. And I said to Talo, Talo, we're going to be with you for about three months. Is that okay? We just come and sit with you and learn from you. And when we leave, we're not taking your people. We just, would that be okay? He said, sure, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so we did that. And we did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so we're, we're friends with Talo and New Hope Tokyo till this day. We're very close friends because mm. we came and learned on a Sunday before we started our church mm. all the things that they did, including bilinguals. They do bilingual English and Japanese from the front. We learned that from them. Mm. And I said to Talo, I always say to Talo, you saved us years of trial and error. You saved yeah. us years of failure by just yeah. coming and watching a successful church mm. do great things in Japan. So we had small groups, our own meeting people. And then on Sunday, we were part of a local church for three and a half months. Mm. So when we started to line up our own church after three and a half months, um, we did have people with us. We had young Japanese that we'd been meeting and we said, come and visit. And I think the first Sunday, so we had – me and Vivian are two boys and a Japanese couple, middle-aged couple. That's six, 10 young Australians. That's 16. A few other people like Tony, Koga, and a few others. Uh, we probably had about 20 in our core. Mm. And then we had our friends. So the mm. first Sunday, I think we had 33 people <laughs> in church, which is already a mega church in Japan. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> um, and all, all the others were not believers. And it was like, this is the first time ever in mm. a church. But we were so excited and we had our little band together and we had a couple of good musicians and a couple of singers and we we had bilingual songs. We were ready. 
Uh, we'd prepared that for the first three and a half months and I did a basic message. The, the middle-aged Japanese couple could both translate and they were great, really helped us so much, so That's grateful. Cool. And um, we started um, and, and nobody responded. Mm. And the next week, I think we had 29 mm. people there. And the next week, we had 27 people there. <laughs> so we, we're going down because yeah. we'd used up all our contacts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'd invited everybody we possibly could. Mm. And they were not coming back the second, second week. Mm. And we discovered very much in Japan that although people would happily come and visit a church service, that doesn't mean they'll come back. Mm. And it's not that they're against the message, it's they're so busy. Mm. And they'll book you into their um, diary that they can come back in three months. Yeah. Or maybe next month. Yeah. Now, in Australia, I guess South Africa, when mm. people say that, it means they're not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but in Japan, you know what it means, right? Yeah. They'll be there. They're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly what they said. Mm. Um, so we just had to get ready for that, that, that the people coming now, we're not coming again till next month, two months, but they'll come back and they actually could make it back to the small group. Mm. And so we realized that Sunday service could not be everything. In yeah. fact, it could not even be most things. Yeah. It was about the small group building relationships, doing Bible studies, teaching people how to pray. Mm. And out of that, coming back to Sunday, they might get saved or put their hand up mm. on a Sunday, but there's a lot of backstory. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory of friendship and Bible studies. Yeah. So we realized that service without small groups would not be successful. Hmm. That's awesome. And just a little bit more about those um, uh, small groups. Um, so you had you and a bunch of Australians uh, leading these small groups with Japanese. Would, were these Japanese bilingual or maybe have uh, – did you connect mostly with bilingual Japanese or did some of the Australians speak a little bit to Japanese? How, like how did you do that in a different yeah. language culture? None of our young Australians had adequate Japanese. A couple had high school Japanese, which is awesome. Hmm. Um, so we had to use bilingual Japanese that we were meeting and say mm. to them straight away, could you help us mm. in a meeting? Here's some Bible verses. Could you read the Bible verse mm. and just do a basic translation? And mm. they were so excited. Like if they're learning English, mm. um, even though they're not believers, they yeah. were excited by this challenge. Mm. And, and so a number that we met had adequate English, mm. not great, adequate English to be able to, read a Bible verse in Japanese, mm. read it, and then understand our question from that Bible verse. So if the Bible verse has got something about the love of Jesus, mm. and then we start saying, we want to talk about the love of Jesus, they can translate that yeah, and, and basic things. And then can you ask people, have they ever heard of the love of Jesus? So therefore, mm. we move very fast into questions, answers, yeah, which is, I think, the best way to run a small group is to have, um, you know, questions and uh you know, that, that what we do to this day, but we're just yeah. more refined today in, in our English and Japanese and translation. Mm. But back yeah. then, we just had a few people. Yeah. Um, I think one girl was working for a um, a travel agency, so she had some English. 
Another girl was very much involved in in gospel music, American gospel music. So she loved that music and she loved those songs in English. Yeah. So she had some English and some words to use. Mm. So we, we were able to use some, but we just when you when you're at that point, you use what you have. Yeah. And we had very little resource, but we really used it well. Mm. And some of those people made decisions for Christ as well, mm. which is really amazing. Hey, that's so cool. really great. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So I think we, we kind of getting to the end of the <laughs> chat. You're running out of time. But yeah. yeah, I think any final words for anyone who's thinking about church planning or maybe other mm. lead pastors who encouraging them to be sending out people and um, yeah, just a, a kind of encouragement for around church planning. Well, I'm very positive about church planning mm. and I'm very positive about reaching the unsaved and I'm very positive about a lot of things, mm. but don't do it alone. It's mm. really, really hard. And I've seen both people in Australia and Thailand and Japan try to do it alone and didn't make it. Mm. And I just think let's, let's stay connected, make yeah. sure you've got great people around you, uh, people to pray with you, love you, help you. Um, and then um, with the, the basics of your mission, discover. Yeah. Have a joy of discovery in the culture in your end because God, God will have spoken into that culture already mm. using metaphors and pictures and movies and stories that we can use to, to share people with the beautiful news of Jesus Christ. So mm. enjoy discovery. And it's going to take some time. So have some longevity in your heart. Awesome. That's all I can say. So good. Well, awesome. Thank you for a great chat, Pastor Rod. Um, I know that um, I will continue to ask lots of questions <laughs> as we go on this journey and grow together. So we'd love to just pray for everyone that we can yeah. finish. Lord, I thank you for, for the mission field that you've called us to, whether it's uh, our home base or mm. another nation. I just pray, Lord, that we're dependent on you and we'd be in community. We'd be with strength. You'd supply all our needs, including our financial needs. And I, I pray for the right leaders, that we can develop right leaders. I just pray for real success in, in reaching and loving people and seeing them grow. I pray this, this heart would be in many, many people, even people listening would be encouraged mm. that maybe this is part of their future and bless all of us in our local churches in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks for connecting with us, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.